Amen. Turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 11. Uh, and if you're new here, and if you, uh, there's, we have several like new babies in here this morning, which is amazing. I love it. Uh, and, and if they're crying, go ahead and let them cry. It's okay. It's like adding to the sermon. I love it. So uh, they're just speaking their own language. Uh, so just be comfortable. Um, Luke 11. Today we're going to talk about prayer. And uh, it's kind of our last kind of one-off sermon series. Next week we're starting uh, a sermon series where we're walking through the seven letters to the churches in Revelation. Uh, so that's, that's going to be powerful. That's going to be amazing. That starts next week. Uh, but this week we're talking about prayer. And I have a question for you. If, if you and I were to sit down and, and have coffee or, or grab a drink or something and just honestly talk about life, what would be your prayers? Like, what would be the things in your life? What would be the things you've been thinking about? The things you've been, like, have been rattling around your brain? The things that you've been struggling about? The things you've been questioning? The things you've been doubting about? What would be those things that if we were able to talk long enough and sit long enough and have enough good conversation, what would be those things that would come out? What would be the prayers that are your hopes, your dreams, your desires? What, what have been prayers or maybe surrounding disappointments or healing? What would be that conversation? Like, what would be that conversation? Just think you, that you were talking directly to Jesus, like sitting around the table, like Revelation 3.20, he knocks, he walks in and sits down and has a meal with you, and you're hanging out with Jesus. What would you be communicating as like, Jesus, here's what I really hope would happen in my life. And maybe a whole lifetime feels too big for you. I love that we're kind of in a changing season right now as we switch from summer to more of a fall routine. So just take the next three, four months. Take until January. What are your hopes and desires? What are your prayers that you hope to see over the next three or four months? In Luke chapter 11, Jesus has this teaching on prayer. And in verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. John taught his disciples, we're following you, so you teach us how to pray. So everybody's ears should like perk up, right? Like Jesus is about to give us the magic formula, right? Jesus, how should we pray? This is what he says. When you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. If you've grown up maybe in the church, maybe you were in confirmation, this is just rattling through your brain. I want you to just stop that voice and just read. Because sometimes some things can become too familiar to us, right? Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who has sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. 
Like if you really read through that prayer and you really take that prayer seriously, not like this is just something I remember and I'm supposed to do it type of thing, but I'm really going to actively pray this for my life. How revolutionary is that for you, for your relationship with Jesus, for your relationship with everyone else around you? Forgive everyone just as you forgave me? Seriously, Jesus? You know the people that have hurt me? Like, you don't want me to have a savings account, but you want me to pray for my daily bread every day? Like, I, I want to encourage you, just read through that prayer sometimes. It's very familiar. Most of us could recite it from memory, but I want you to, like, read through that. But that's not the focus of what I want to talk about. Because Jesus says, pray like this. And it's the next section that I want to talk about. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything, I tell you. Though he will not get up and give him the bread because of his friend, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Something you got to know about this story, uh, this is not set in our day and age, right? Like Jesus didn't, Tell this story in our context. I don't know what would happen if a a person came to your home in the middle of the night and banged on the door and said, give me a loaf of bread. I'm sure you probably would not receive that all that warmly. But in this time, in this day and age, something that was very, 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 very important was hospitality. Hospitality was a way that you honored someone. And that you gained honor. And so in this day and age, everybody is sitting here listening to this story. And the audience must have laughed. Because they hear this story. We hear this story and go, huh, what's going on with that story? They would have heard this story and go, this is ridiculous. This isn't a real story. Because this wouldn't happen. Because if somebody comes to your house, you take care of them. No questions asked. This is a way that we honor. This is a way that we respect. Hospitality is everything in this culture. So someone comes to your house with a need, you provide the need if you can. Or you find out how your neighborhood could provide the need. So culturally speaking, the people that were hearing Jesus tell this story would have just chuckled and gone, this, is, this, this isn't a real story. Because that wouldn't happen. But I find it super interesting that Jesus says, here, here's how you pray, and then let me tell you this story. Someone comes to another guy's house and asks for something. And he ends up getting what he desires, what he needs, but it's not because of the kindness of the owner, it's because of the man's persistence in asking. And then Jesus says, I say to you, ask, 
and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he says this, which one of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If then, though you are, uh, if you then, though you are evil, know how to, how much more your, will your, uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's a super powerful portion of Jesus' teaching. Here's the prayer that I want you to pray. And then I I want you to keep praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. And there's a promise in here. If you keep doing those things, uh, the doors will be opened. Your prayers will be answered. He says, be like the guy who comes and, and is uh, asking for something from the neighbor at night. Now there's some obvious questions, right? What would be an obvious question after hearing these words for us? Amen? (laughs) What else would be an obvious question? It's okay, you're in church. The the obvious question that comes to my mind is, there are things that I've been praying for a long time and they don't seem to be answered yet. Or, Or I prayed this for a very long time, and, and, and the, it, it didn't get answered. This person didn't, wasn't healed. This, this wasn't provided. The relationship is still broken. That person is still off acting crazy. Like, like what do I do with this, right? Because Jesus is, is talking here. He's, he's, he's giving promises. Pray like this. Ask, seek, knock. If you do those things, it will be answered. And I know there are people in this room going, but, but I, don't, I don't know that my prayer was answered. So what do I do with this teaching from Jesus? See, we can be real in here, right? Yeah. Jesus gives another teaching a, a couple chapters later. Turn with me to Luke Uh, Chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18, uh, he tells the story of a persistent widow. And in verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable, a story, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So, it's one of those rare parables that, that is like the answer is given before the story even begins. 
Jesus usually pulls this thing. He goes, well, those who have ears can hear. Like, it's a mystery, the meaning to this story. But here, it actually says, the, the point of this is that you should always pray and not give up. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see what she, that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. I just love that story. It's so real. This guy who doesn't really care about God and doesn't really care about other people is, is making a decision. And, and this woman in the story is relentlessly knocking at the door, asking, seeking. And finally the guy goes, all right, all right, you win. I'll, get, I'll grant you justice because I can't take this any longer. I'd like to sleep at night. Stop coming to my house. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice. And quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. Jesus, again, is using this illustration. And his whole point is keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep praying. Keep coming to the door. Keep being persistent in your prayers, in your hopes, in your dreams, in your desires. And I think that's a challenging word for some of us who tried to be persistent and the prayers weren't answered who are trying to hold on to hope, right? Like for some of us in this room, hearing these words are really challenging to have this posture of, I'm gonna keep asking even when the prayers haven't been answered. And I would answer, yet. Because there's something interesting that I think happens in these verses, And that something happens when Jesus is saying, look, pray this way. Pray Father. What about that term Father is unique? There's a relationship there, right? Like Jesus is saying, when you're praying to God, when you're praying to Jesus, talk to him like he's your dad. And if you didn't grow up with a good father, Talk to him like he's the father that you wanted or wished you had. There's supposed to be this familiarity, this, this, this beautiful authenticity that you could just go up and ask. And he says, pray like this. 
pray like you're, you're walking up to your dad and you're going, hey, dad, I need this. Hey, dad, I need this. Hey, dad, w- want to go do this? Dad, I, I want to do this someday. Will you help make that happen? Like, pray like you're in a relationship. Pray like you're having a conversation. Then he goes, don't stop. Keep praying. Be like the guy who goes to the man's house in the middle of the night and is banging on the door because he needs something. Be like the widow who's going to the judge's house and she won't stop bothering him. Be like that. And I think it's because of this. When we're talking to Jesus, when we're in relationship with him, when we're going, Father, I, I need this. Father, I, I, I'm struggling with this. Father, will you make this happen? Father, can you help me see this? There's all sorts of things that happen, but the crux of it is this relationship. And I wonder for Jesus if the relationship isn't the main thing. Like, I wonder for Jesus if he's communicating these things and he's saying, hey, I want you to pray in it on a daily basis for your daily needs. I want you to pray on a daily basis for your physical, tangible needs of yourself and your family. I, I want you to pray for your emotional needs. I, I want you to pray when you're hurt, come and talk to me. When this person hurts you, bring it to me. Like, I wonder if the main point here is the relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. And it's within the context of that relationship that everything else gets sorted out. Right? There's an interesting verse, uh, James 4, verse 2. In the book of James, he's kind of challenging this community of Christians, this church, and, and it's one of the most powerful books in the New Testament, and, and it's, it's very convicting if you read through it, uh, but, but in this section, he's talking about the title of it is Submitting Yourselves to God, and in this part, he says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight, See, he's saying, you have these desires, you have these wants, but you aren't getting them, and so you're getting unhealthy in your impatience. God isn't providing yet, and and so it's causing you to do all sorts of other things, right? You're you're trying to take instead of wait till it's given. You're starting to get... uh, the, the anxiety, the worry is starting to come out and you're starting to quarrel. You're starting to fight with people. You do not have because you do not ask God. And, and when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. 
that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You can read the rest of the chapter, but I find it very interesting that there's needs that these people have. They're asking, they don't get, and so it's coming out sideways in all these unhealthy ways relationally. And then James says, you you don't have because you're asking with the wrong motives. You don't have because Jesus is up to some other things that you don't see yet. See, sometimes I think about prayer. I heard this illustration a long time ago. Imagine that this was a completely black room. And you were walking and trying to find your way through it. And right here, there was this giant spotlight that started moving around the room. What would be your goal? To get in the spotlight, right? Like to follow the spotlight, to to be in the spotlight, wherever the spotlight went. And I heard a pastor one time say, prayer is like that. You're trying to be in the spotlight, in the relationship, because that's the most important thing. And it's in the relationship that everything else is transformed. So you're asking Jesus this prayer, and and it's not with the right motives. Okay. As you follow Jesus, as you're in relationship with Jesus, he will transform your motives. And probably your prayers, too. You're praying, and, and you're wondering, why didn't this happen? Jesus, I was praying for this. I was hoping for this. I was putting everything on this. Why didn't it happen? It's in the relationship. That maybe you realize that maybe Jesus was up to something entirely different. Like you were looking here and Jesus was actually doing something over here that was so much bigger. Or maybe it's in the relationship that you actually get to deal with that disappointment of that prayer not happening. But even though the prayer didn't come true, you have the relationship with the creator as a result. So these are... um, tough verses that I'm like throwing out to you guys and I want to encourage you to sit with them and my question this morning as we wrap up the sermon time and sing one last song is this what are you praying for like I want to just to take us us to take a minute And maybe you want to get out a piece of paper and a pen, or maybe you want to get out your phone and take some notes, but what are you praying for for the next four or five months? Like, like what are you praying for in your relationships? Is there a relationship that needs to be repaired? Is there forgiveness that needs to happen? Are you praying for someone that's struggling? 
that really needs to see Jesus in their life right now. Maybe you're praying for that job or that next opportunity. Or maybe you're praying for that situation to turn around. Or maybe you're praying for fill in the blank. Maybe you're praying for this new school year. And that things would fall in the right place or the right relationships would come. Or you'd be surrounded by some good friends that you can follow Jesus with together. Maybe you have this deep prayer in your soul that you want to be healed. Or that you want to forgive, but you don't know how. Or maybe you want to see yourself differently, the way that Jesus sees you. Not the way the the world would see you. Maybe you want to experience the Holy Spirit in new and profound and deep ways over the coming months. Maybe you want to see Jesus come into your life, into your friend's life, and into your, our community's life in profound ways. What, what's your prayers for the next three to four months? As the worship team comes up, I want to just give us a, a minute just to sit in that. And maybe you want to close your eyes and open your hands and just sit and just talk to Jesus. It doesn't have to be anything special. But just talk to your Father and ask and seek and knock. Jesus, may we be like the widow. May we ask. May we seek. May we knock. 
praying to our Father. Jesus, we give these prayers to you. Amen.